You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. Hey, every people. Welcome back to Eye on the Prize Podcast, your one and only stop for everything award season related. I am Justin Zarian, the greatest, the the MC, the, the host with the most, whatever titles you want to apply to me today. And uh, with me again is professional co-host, as he's been called, Ian Butcher. Ian, how are you doing? Oh. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> you're just giving this man a bigger head than he already has. Oh, I just remember seeing that on your uh, your Facebook. Someone just like someone just just call you the professional co-host. <laughs> I'm just like, no. yeah, I would totally agree. But what uh, what's been going on with you, Ian? <laughs> oh, it's just preparing my uh, my 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 body and my mind for uh, Star Wars this weekend. Mm. So I thought you were going to an earlier screening, weren't you? Yeah, I thought oh, you already I've saw it, it, you asshole. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I, I've seen it. I'm talking about working it. Uh, oh, oh yeah. After today, Ooh. I'm doing uh, six days of roughly eighteen to twenty hours a day working Star Wars. Wow! Yikes! <laughs> no, worry, no, worry. It'll be worth it. I'll make bank. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the movie's great. Also, listen, it's like, not like you make commission now. off of helping people, like. Getting tickets for Star Wars and shit. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> no, but then um, also question about that too. So, are you more in line with the double toasted viewpoints on this stuff, or with most other people's viewpoints? Okay, uh, okay pause, pause. Other... Wait, wait, pause before you say this. I haven't okay. listened to the double toasted review. Oh no, 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 no. no. Okay, so I refuse to listen to it until I see it. We won't. Pa- we, no pause. I won't say anything then. But uh, no spoilers, okay. obviously. No, but just um, more. If you listen to the review I'm on on one of us uh, more in line with everybody else. I, I, uh, I believe I gave it a, a perfect 10 out of 10. Wow. Okay. That is so. high praise indeed. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. I, listen, I've made it until like, there's only maybe what, nine hours left until I go see it tonight. <laughs> and, dude, I was watching Mr. Robot yesterday and they had a TV spot about not watching or getting spoilers. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of big movies like this, like they'll hype up, like don't spoil it, and then usually it's it's not a big deal. Seriously though, with this movie, like you you do not want to know anything going in. Like it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard there's the some trailers really cool are thankfully stuff, good so. enough to say like they haven't shown anything. I'm like I still don't know what's happening or what it's about. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. If you're worried that you've seen too much, you've heard too much, trust me, you're fine. Okay, that's okay. Good. No, because that's what I was worried about with the uh, that second trailer where it was like, oh, we're showing all these big, giant plot points. But... Oh, oh, no. No, they're not. Okay. Believe me. That's okay. good. That's good. <laughs> well, then, this other voice that we're hearing is my man, Mr. Shaquille Lambert. Shaq, how you doing, uh, I'm doing good. You know, a- exam season's finally over, so now I can you know, take it easy, so... Yeah, no, I'm just chilling now. I'm I'm happy. I'm yeah. I'm happy that you guys invited me back on. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. L- last week was super fun. I uh, I'm really excited to have you around here. So, <laughs> mm. no, but yeah, isn't it just such a great burden to have lifted off with all the exams done? Because oh, I... it's it's the biggest fucking relief. Like I I hate like I studied actually not barely studied for my exam, but I just got my grades in and I did good enough to pass. So Yay. that's the only thing that like. That is a burden off my, off off my back. That's mm. great. No, I still have till the twenty first to for any of the professors to submit grades. So, I'm just uh, sitting waiting patiently in that case. Yeah. But, so now I'm just taking it easy, just catching up on some gaming and some TV shows and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, excited for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm I'm trying to like debate on like 
I think the best way to watch Star Wars this weekend will do like a daytime screening, but then I think everyone else is going to think that too. So I don't know when the right time to go watch it is, but just literally it, the first available screening. True. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me, yeah, <laughs> as okay. soon as possible. No, I do have my intentions that uh, since we have like three Oscar movies that are playing in this theater next to me, and then Star Wars also, I'm just gonna just spend a whole day at the mall, just plot myself down, <laughs> just like, all right, finish this film, gonna go to the next film, all right, gonna go to the next movie, <laughs> but that's gonna be. Not a bad way to spend your day. Hey, I, I've done worse, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, that's great. So uh, I'm doing pretty well as, as, as well. Everything went well. Well, very well. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, just, yeah, finished finals. I graded a ton of papers for students uh, for my TV history class. That was really fun. Uh, it was funny because <laughs> I was talking to a professor about this, and you can tell who did the readings and who didn't for sure in the class because... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know sometimes I can fake it till I make it with a few things, but in this case, you had to read the book for this class. And in one case, um, the question that was the deciding factor was about Lou Grant, if you guys know that show from back in the day. Lou Grant. That's uh, it's familiar, the one that, but um, I don't think I know. It's uh, Ed Asner's big show, right? The one he did right after Mary Tyler Moore. But Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the, the big deal about that with the question is that the big innovative thing about it was switching a character from a half hour comedy to an hour long drama. You know, that was the mm. big that was the big um, new thing about Lou Grant. But you can tell a lot of people never heard of Lou Grant, didn't read the book and then tried to, you know, fake their way with an answer. Just like, oh, yeah, it was a big deal because Lou Grant did this stuff and was really cool. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, nice try, buddy. <laughs> Oh, but uh, I mean, my professor also did say, hey, look, when in doubt, grade to the student's favor. So I I was generous with a bunch of them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and one person did get over 100 percent in the class. So that's good. Hey. Yeah, no, that makes me happy when I see people performing to their best. So that's been the big deal. And then I fly home to Idaho Monday. So I'm excited for that. Going to see my folks. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to see my folks. Uh, I'm buying a bunch of gifts. Man, people are so hard to shop for in my family because I bought gifts for my my mom, my sister, my sister-in-law, my uh, uh, her, my sister's fiance, you know, a whole bunch of people. But my dad and my brother, every year, they're, they're the people who won't really ask for much, but they'll definitely expect something by the time Christmas comes around, you know? <laughs> this like, is one of those things where, like, this is why Amazon wish lists are such a gift. Right, because right. I could just look it up as like, okay, you know what they want that I'll I'll see what I can get in that price range or just get that directly. So like it's it's not a big deal, it's not as much a big deal or like a worry if they just have already a list you could just like look up real quick. Exactly. I mean, I don't even ask for a lot for Christmas, but you know, I want to make sure people don't feel like they're like, oh, Justin's so hard to buy for. It's like, no, no, trust me. Here, wish list, 20, 30 items. I don't care what you get me from there, except maybe top ones a little bit more priority. Just just there there's some options listen back in the day i used to give my mom like almost an entire book worth of like a wish list where like everything had like images the exact name the retail price <laughs> and this thing was like at least 20 pages long and realizing as a kid i was an idiot and a lot of the games that i put were games that weren't gonna come out yet or at least for like another year <laughs> I just put them on there just in case they do come out because I had no idea of like how release dates worked at that at that point. Ah, uh, to be young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's <really> <laughs> no, that's really funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I 
I know, especially my dad. The crazy thing about that one is uh, he's he's kind of in that weird thing where, like, he's a city guy through and through, but he's also embracing his Idaho, you know, rural lifestyle kind of thing. Real country. And, oh, yeah. Like, he wanted to ask my mom for another gun for Christmas. So I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Oh, yeah. Well, because my dad, you know, okay, for people who don't know, my dad is a big gun collector as well. And uh, we have family friends, one of which is a registered NRA, you know, uh, instructor. And they, you know, they do like casual weekend shootings at a, at a shooting range. Not hunting. We don't kill, thankfully. <laughs> but um, uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, so <laughs> my dad wants to, you know, get like country gifts. And I debated at one point, like, well, he has all the survivalist gear that he needs. He doesn't have a chainsaw. And that lasted for about a minute or so, debating on oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also because most of the chainsaws are freaking expensive anyways. But, uh, no, I think I finally settled on something for him, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I might. I love my dad, but, yeah, it's just funny how he's embraced this whole, like, you know, yep, I'm a, you know, conservative, gun-toting, super awesome country boy. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy who spent years in an L.A. law office, you know, living the city life, but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough about reminiscing about my family. There's some uh, Oscar news to talk about. Woo! Hey! hey. <laughs> I was like, like a lot that. of stuff, like the big, st- well, relatively big stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, especially this week, we had some big, you know, early, st- uh, early things for the Oscars. Uh, first of all, though, I just want to ask, have you guys seen any movies, uh, like Oscar films or just any general movies uh, this last week? Uh, other than Star Wars, uh, no, actually, I haven't really got, uh, oh no, I take that back, I saw The Shape of Water. Ooh! It was great. That's right? awesome. Oh my god, it's so good. I know, I'm so bummed it's not playing anywhere nearby me, but yeah, that's, that, that's awesome. I mean, oh yeah. now that you've been hearing about its Oscar potentials and that stuff, like, do you feel that it's really earned and justified for it? I, I think it's justified. I think it, I think it's earned. I still don't know how much love it's going to get because it is such a weird movie. Okay. Um, it's it's a type of thing I would love to see it. You know, get a lot of awards to love, but realistically, I'm not sure how much of a of a movie with you know, woman fish man love is going to get like mainstream Oscar voter attention. You don't yeah. think that fish dick's going to uh, attract people? <laughs> no, I do not think fish dick is going to. It might turn off some of the older Academy voters. Man, that scene after they first, like, hook up and, and Octavia's friends is like, how the fuck did you have sex with that thing? And she okay, just yeah, describes don't, don't it. Don't say anything more. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but. No, I won't say what happens, but I'll say she describes it and you're just like, oh. Yeah, really. well, I guess that's how that works. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, now I'm very curious. <laughs> I mean, I guess if we could accept, uh, s- I guess, self-love stuff in her, where it's like, technically he's not actually doing anything with anyone else, but we're just watching him arouse himself the entire time, just in, true. in darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, they've accepted not as weird stuff, but close to weird stuff at the Oscars. Yeah. But Also, um, remember what I told you last week about Michael Shannon, Ian? Oh, good God. Oh, that was no. a uh, nightmarish image. <laughs> I, multiple, multiple nightmare, nightmarish images. Uh, like I said, his kids came from somewhere, so. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, no, God. it's just, no. Of all the things. <laughs> See him do uh, it. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a, if you if you had me make a list of, like, things I never wanted to see in my life, Michael Shannon's ass was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I, I cannot wait to see that then. That's gonna be not not Michael Shannon's butt, but very enthusiastic about some Michael yeah. Shannon ass. I'm not gonna judge, <laughs> whatever. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> but Shaq, uh, what else have you seen this last week? Um, I've actually been in terms of <laughs> movies, nothing. Like again, I was busy studying for exam season, so I just like caught up on some T V shows and stuff. Like, uh the thing I was talking about last night was uh the Mr. Robot season finale, which holy shit, um, they are finally back on track. Like, because I remember a lot of people kind of tuned out after last season because a lot of it was just kind of like, oh, we're gonna show you a lot of cool trippy stuff, but not actually progress the plot in any way. Yeah, but this no, that's whole how I season, felt. <laughs> especially the the this the second half of this new season has been going back to like season one level quality of just like jaw-dropping like plot developments and like when you think it's gonna go left it goes right in the best kind of ways and especially with this last with the season finale where they wrap it up in a way that almost feels like it could be the series finale but they just got renewed for season four so it leads it into a very interesting direction especially Mm -hmm. with the post-credit scene that brings back somebody i didn't think they would bring back or someone i completely forgot about Okay, that's awesome, because uh, I actually did see some news reports saying, yeah, people were very excited with how the season ended. Uh, especially I heard there was a lot of praise for that one uh, single shot episode they did, where they, oh, they made it... Yeah, they it's like one of the craziest style. episodes I've ever seen, because they go, like, they don't put any commercials. It's literally just one continuous tracking shot, and the way Wait, they... wait, wait, no commercials? No commercials. Like, they aired wow. it completely, like, one, one to the end. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's some uh, British TV style stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> and the way they use it to like pan over between different characters and still keep the like keep the illusion of the tracking shot is so well done. How they like introduce like especially when it comes to like Elliot and Mister Robot, the way they play that off, it's so just it's legitimately like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen on television. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> now I because I know I gave up on season two as well. Like a lot of people, I'm just like. Okay, this just sounds pretentious and so not for me anymore. But now I'm glad to hear that it's kind of getting back on track. Then so. yeah, no, it's absolutely back. Like it, they brought it back to what made season one so great. Awesome. Because uh, uh, did you watch the, uh, Mr. Robot, Ian? Or uh, no, actually, I, that that's one of those shows. It's a it's a big hole in my TV viewing. That you know, one day, probably when it's all over, I'm just going to sit down and, and marathon it all in a couple of days. Yeah. No, I, I watched season one with my parents, which uh, made a few sequences a little bit awkward. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're very weirdly progressive for how conservative we are as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really like that first season a lot. So maybe maybe I'll slug through the second season just to see if I can get to that third one. But yeah. At the very least, I'll say that this, in the, in the season finale... Bobby Convalli is the scariest motherfucker alive. Bobby Convalli <laughs> is one of our great character actors, man. Like he's he just is so good, brilliant, especially in this episode. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's and um, I'm kind of in the same way too, where I didn't catch a lot of movies. I actually did some gaming shortly after I finished the exam, and I finally finished uh, Wolfenstein: The Old, The Old Blood. You know that expansion they did. Oh, okay, mm. yeah, I thought you were gonna say the New Colossus. No, no, that's next on my itinerary. But um, yeah, Old Blood was. Fine, it's a nice little diversion, which is kind of how I felt about the first Wolfenstein, where it's like, it's a good game. It's not groundbreaking, exactly. It's just oh, it's no, a really I, solid shooter. <laughs> no, I lo- no, I loved, uh, was it, uh, was it the, the previous one, the New Order, or whatever, <coughs> whatever yeah, it was yeah, called? Yeah, yeah New and Order. I was just surprised at how much I enjoyed it, because the thing is, Wolfenstein was never really a big franchise for me. 
It was like, I get its history, but it's one of those things that like, eh, you know what, I'll catch it or whatever. Because I remember I played the one on 360, and that wasn't really impressive. And so I was like, you know, I'll just pick it up on a whim in my library. And I was impressed by how, like, surprisingly, like, deep it was narratively. Like, while it didn't change the game in terms of just, like, it didn't bring, like, new mechanics. But what it decided to do was just do... Uh, bring it back to like a classic kind of first-person shooter, but didn't it? Did it still felt fresh despite also feeling feeling really old school? Yeah, no, and I agree. It, it it brought back a lot of that charm of like, oh yeah, this is why health packs are important, kind of thing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, I also I was telling Ian um on but here before you came on, Jack, I saw Coco yesterday. <clears throat> oh, what'd you think? Oh, you saw it without the frozen short. Yes, <laughs> uh, thankfully that was the thing that I really was like, oh hey. This is the noticeable <coughs> gap where that short should have been, and I felt very, very grateful. But um, oh, you dodged a bullet! I did, but um, the movie itself was pretty good. I didn't love it completely, and I think it was just because for all the stuff it does, it's really unique. And in a couple of cases, it did catch me off guard for sure. But I felt it was a, it still relied on a few of those tropes that we've come to expect from Disney and Pixar short. I mean, Pixar movies kind of thing. And I'm not going to say what they are because they're kind of spoilers. Mm. It's weird where it's like they're spoilers, but they're obvious spoilers if you've ever seen a Pixar film. Even like, you know, some of the Toy Story movies. But but I think that it's beautifully animated. The acting was all great. Uh, You know, it had some really funny parts. It's it's a very enjoyable movie. And I think it definitely – it's definitely a film that culturally, if you relate to to it, you will love it even more, I'm sure. Yep. That's basically the case. Like, well, I'm not – uh, well, I'm not Mexican or Hispanic or whatnot. There's a lot of like, not? I'm obviously, <laughs> not, obviously not. Uh, oh but God. like, Latin uh, is such a common name in Mexico, though. But Come that's on, right. The thing is, is that, <laughs> but uh, just like, still the idea of just like, like immigrant families, a lot of them have the same kind of cultural touchstones. So like, mm. when the grandma comes in with the chancla, like, while black parents have the very same equivalent. <laughs> like the family structure is very similar. Oh, I bet. So there's a lot of stuff that I kind of related and connected to a bit more, and yeah, no, that and also the very very end, it got me. Like I didn't think it would, but it got me. Like I actually shed a tear in the theater. Yeah, no, that ending with, and I won't say what, but that, yeah, that 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 bit right before the final scene was very touching. Like it didn't shake me like uh, Inside Out did when with its ending, but it was. It was surprisingly in depth. I mean, it was surprisingly emotional, especially because the thing I want to say the most impressive design work they did for characters was Coco. You know, the old uh, great grandmother. Yeah. Just, just all the stuff they had to do for the lines in her face and the way that she moves as an old lady. I was very impressed, and she moved very little in the movie, but it was still really. It, it felt very real in, in mm-hmm. a way that this movie, you know, compared to all the crazy skeleton stuff, it was a very naturalistic uh, tone to her, and I I yeah. really dug that. Um, I do think that Remember Me song's fine. Like, it's not the best piece of songwriting I've heard, but I guess it's such a shallow race for song right now until we know who's on the short list. So I'm just like, okay, sure. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, no I, I, I love that song. Like, I get that it's not something super, like, groundbreaker feels very different, but it feels very... You could feel the passion in it. And oh, yeah. I think that's, that's what works to its effect. No, and it definitely adds a lot of context that you can take it and put it to various meanings. Like, you know, even in the film, we hear various different interpretations of how that song's used and like, you know, in its performance style, which I, which I liked. Um, and I guess, you know, it's a very shallow animation race. So, sure, Coco's probably going to win. Yeah, I believe it. 
<laughs> but uh, if the boss that... baby wins, I swear to God. Uh, or to speak I'm going to light green. myself on fire. <laughs> on that note, though, there's a few uh, fun little uh, news stories to go over. Uh, this first one was just kind of a fun thing where it's like, hey, you know, we say that there's no love given to animated films, but Loving Vincent apparently crossed the 20 million mark uh, a few days back. So, really? Yeah. I mean, and I know, Ian, yeah, you were kind of iffy on it, but it's like, it's, it just kind of has to see that there's some indie films that are making some money, you know? Just... Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, while I think it might work better as an art installation or something you put on in the background of a stoner party, I'm glad <laughs> to see that it's, yeah, it's definitely making money. That's got to be some high-class stoners who want to watch Loving Vincent while getting high. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Real, real bougie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only the finest pot to watch Loving Vincent. I mean, then again, you live in Austin. I feel like that would be a normal thing. Uh, I feel like you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, I do hope to watch it sober at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably a great idea, actually. Yeah, I think so. And I know uh, Chris Cox loves Loving Vincent, so I know he's yeah. the one who's been the big uh, flag waver for that. Um, we finally got the documentary feature shortlist, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it's going to yeah. be interesting to talk to people about this. I mean, or at least Chris, I know, is like, yeah, unfortunately, your cat documentary kitty didn't make it, so sorry. <laughs> the funny thing is, I was looking at the list, and mm -hmm. uh, one of these movies I was actually trying to see back at TIFF, which is uh, Ex Libris, the, the documentary about the New York Public Library, oh, right. and I was like, okay, you know, that sounds really interesting, and I was trying to see where I could fit in my schedule. This shit is three hours and seventeen minutes. Oh my! I goodness. was like, on, on that on that note, no, nah, I'm good. I, I I could watch it at home for like a uh, week. That being said, I love that apparently one of us .net has been recognized as a documentary feature because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the film one of us got in. Uh, we also, finally made it. I know we're 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 legit now. Too legit to quit. But um, a, a lot of these are kind of expected, I would say. Like, not even expected because they're bad. It's just these are the ones that people talked about. Like, Strong Island from Netflix, which I heard is great. Um, mm. Last Man in Aleppo, you know, uh, relevant. Uh, what was it? Uh, Faces Places is one I've heard a lot. Yeah, that's been making a bunch of, like, end-of-the-year lists, and I'm shocked. It's like, okay, I guess that's kind of emerging as a frontrunner. Uh, Chasing Coral, I believe that's the same people who did the Chasing Ice documentaries back in the day. Uh, I'm assuming. Just chasing in the title. But, um... Uh, City of Ghosts was a big one I heard a lot about, Abacus, and then um, Icarus from Netflix, and of course, because... Oh, right, yeah, I wanted to see Icarus, because I, I remember I saw the trailer for that, and I was like, for a documentary, they play this shit like a, a thriller. Oh, and I think, if I remember, that's the one from the guy who did um, Cartel Land, uh, if, if, I think that's the right one. I, 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 I hope I don't have to fact check myself again like I did last week. But yeah, um, I heard that. <laughs> I realized that last minute. I'm like, I think I was wrong about that. <laughs> so in this space, you will hear if uh, I fact check myself. Hey, what do you know? Wrong again. Brian Fogel directed Icarus. Matthew Heinemann, who did Cartel Land, did the other nominated film, City of Ghosts. Once again, my bad. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> no, but um, of course, then Jane is the other big one, and then last but not least, because it's not a party without Al Gore present, inconvenient sequels on the list too. So oh, he 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 brings the house down. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh boy, uh, that you guy know, was at a party. Funny though, I don't know if that movie's gonna make it this year because people liked it who saw it, but not enough people actually liked it a lot. So yeah, yeah, I, I feel like there was like at least a little bit of hype going into it, but once people saw it, they were just kind of like, 
okay, well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it feels like, you know, when uh, Inconvenient Truth came out last time, you know, environmental politics was pretty much on the news all the time. Nowadays, yeah. we've had so many other things come up. We're just like, yeah, that's still a big deal, but it's far <laughs> yeah. from our minds. <laughs> Throw that on the pile, all the other shit that we got to deal with. <laughs> our never-ending to-do list of world yeah. problems. Um, also that came out this week was the live action sort film list and, uh, talking about films I've not seen also, uh, yeah, I don't know any of these movies, so that's good for you guys who got nominated. <laughs> but, Yay, <laughs> yeah, no, we got no real comment. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Uh, I do like to see that there's some college films getting recognized because, uh, one person from UCLA and one person from the New York University made it to the list, so, hey, hey. that's cool. I, I do remember a few years back there was... A college film that won the best live action short and it, it live action short does have some prestige behind it because a few of our big directors came from this category like martin mcdonough uh he won this for um i want to say it was six shooter the live action short he did and mm. then that got him the acclaim <clears throat> at least outside of his stage work as well to make uh in bruges later so hey that's cool that's and sweet. that's awesome yeah so we'll see what happens there so yeah no it says here that Three of these films won the Student Academy Awards back in September. So, okay, that's cool. Seeing recognition there. Uh, going off of that, uh, we are now going to go into our big, um, you know, sweeping look at all the regional critic awards that happened. Now, yeah, we're not going to go into all of them specifically because there was, gosh, like 20, 20 different critics yeah. that, that <laughs> named their winners. But, and I want to thank Gold Derby for putting out a little scorecard that kind of just summarized the big winners from various categories and various groups. But uh, people got a big push this week. Um, I take back, you know, uh, besmirching Florida Project because, wow, they pulled <laughs> out like four best best picture wins in this last week. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised because especially because I was paying attention to the Toronto Film Critics Association one. And when that one, I was like, oh, that was I didn't expect it. But I was like, you know what? I get it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's pretty cool. So, hey, there you go. We got a little bit of resurgence, and I think that guarantees a Best Picture nom for the Florida Project, for sure. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then right behind that was, of course, Get Out. That's been uh, sweeping a few categories here and there. Hey! Uh, <laughs> like I told you, <laughs> listen, I'm Team Get Out this year. Oh, hey, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get some recognition. Like, I think Get Out will not only get, like, you know, Best Picture, probably Best Screenplay recognition – like, for, like, nominations and stuff, I think it has a chance for a few of the technical noms. Like, I think editing is a good uh, shot for, I mean, for uh, Get Out, so. Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Yeah. Just, I, th I think, I think at the very least, best original screenplay is a lock. Oh, oh and, it has and to be. scrolling down the list here, that has won the most screenplay prizes to date so far, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and the, the other best picture winners were pretty scattered, uh, but I think I might have mentioned the, uh, Ian, no, actually, I mentioned to somebody else, so I mentioned to Chris, but, uh, hey, Somebody out there likes Blade Runner 2049 to give it best picture. And it's the, <laughs> the New Mexico Film Critics Association. So Yay! thank you. It, it won't mean a lot in the long run, but every little bit counts. <laughs> um, also best director. I mean, the usual suspects got the big push. Sean Baker won a couple prizes for Florida Project. Guillermo del Toro won a couple. It, there's no clear front runner in the director category. They're all like split between like twos and threes for wins. So yeah. I think Interesting. It's, it's narrowing down the list of the people who probably make the short list, but yeah. And then, um, I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson got a little bit of a boost there and in the screenplay prize with a few wins. So, hey, Phantom Thread, there you go. 
Uh, Timothy Chalamet is definitely coming out the front runner for actor right now. Uh, mm. He won three prizes compared to Danny Day Lewis and Gary Oldman, who won two. Uh, also, cool shout out that uh, Sam Elliott got a no- nomination for The Hero from the New Mexico Film Crew, which, uh, from what I heard, The Hero is a pretty good movie. So I really, really want to see it. Really, New Mexico film critics out here looking for the little guy. <laughs> they really are. I mean, freaking, they gave Harrison Ford the Best Supporting Actor prize. So, uh, just <laughs> taking out all these films that nobody's giving attention. Uh, <coughs> Sa- I mean, Sally good for Haw- them. Yeah. Uh, Sally Hawkins is now in the lead for the Best Actress prize with four wins over this last week. And sounds like she was pretty well deserved from no, the uh, She's so good. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely. It's- I, I, I think she's probably a lock. For uh, other than maybe Meryl Streep, I think she's probably a lock for the Oscar. Yeah, I think her, Meryl Streep, and then Frances McDormand's getting a lot of. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, because uh, yeah, she, yeah. Got, th- no, she Fra- got three wins. Th- that's the thing. For the longest time, I still think Frances. I'm, I still think Frances is the front runner, but Sally Hawkins is coming up, with, especially with these. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's quite an accomplishment for someone who pretty much speaks no dialogue outside of maybe, from what I've heard, a couple little tidbits here and there. You know, no, that, that's pretty she, impressive she for a silent like performance. Yeah, no, she's completely silent. Okay, okay, that's cool. Um, Willem Dafoe is going to pretty much clobber the Best Supporting Actor prize because he won <laughs> yep. eight wins, eight wins, the most out of well, okay, the the most out of anybody with like a couple exceptions. But yeah, he's I think he's guaranteed at least nomination, probably win in this case. The thing is, is is we're, I know we're gonna talk about this later, but like I know with Best Supporting Actor, it's usually always just one who just clobbers everybody else that year. Yeah, like uh, J.K. Simmons or, you know, yeah, a lot, there's all those supporting players who will be like the, oh, well, you're just lucky to be on the list alongside this person. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you think uh, Do you think that uh, if J- if uh, uh, what, uh, Willem Dafoe wins, that he'll enter the stage dressed as the Green Goblin, fly out <laughs> Thank you and for then, this victory. Avenge me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll throw, yeah, he'll throw down a bomb and, like, atomize half the, half the presenters <laughs> and he'll go to... He'll go to James Franco and uh, demand that he avenge him and be a son to him. <laughs> and uh, no, James Franco he'll go to Tommy tongue. Wiseau thinking it's James Franco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool story, after, yeah, yeah. Afterwards, that butler comes up. Your father died by his own hand. You're tearing me apart, butler. Uh, I think we, I think we need to plan the Oscars next year. Is what we're saying. That would be Yo. great. <laughs> um. And then uh, Lori Metcalf got a huge boost at supporting actor prize. I'm uh, supporting actress prizes. Oh um, yeah, no, she was she was number one from the get go. Because that's the thing is, it's with Lady Bird. How we were talking about how like that was just like steamrolling over everything in terms of just like the big buzz, and the main bulk of the praise went to her. Yeah, which is surprising because I know like I, I hadn't heard a lot about her outside of certain reviews. But it seems like it's just been a bit slowly building thing. Just like, yeah, everyone really liked Laurie Metcalf. And I think there's a bit of a legacy uh, feeling with that one, too, because she's been in the industry for so long that this is her chance to get recognized with an Oscar nomination outside. Because yeah. I, I think she also got some Emmy recognition back in the day. But, um, yeah, this mm-hmm. is a big, like, you know, crossover <clears throat> film world. Because um, then right behind her is another veteran, you know, TV and film performer, Alice Janney, who is really, you know, cleaning up a bunch of prizes. Who's so, my personal? Who's my personal favorite? Because I, she's so good in the movie. Oh yeah, no, I've heard nothing but praise for her. And then I, I know, especially for a film that came out of nowhere, like I Tanya did, we're just like, oh yeah, Oscar worthy. So <laughs> that's the thing. Like e- even when I saw it, like it was before like any. There was only literally one still shot of the film 
So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll go. Like, it was one of, the, one of those things that I decided to just see on a whim. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll check it out. Like, I like Margot Robbie, and I'll see if she does something good here. And by the end of it, I was just surprised at how just well done it is. And also, I wasn't expecting it to be a, a pretty much a black comedy. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's funny. But it's so fucked up at the same time. Yeah. Like, it, like you're laughing, but at the same time, you're like, I shouldn't be laughing at this. Because, like, she... Tony Harding went through hell. Oh, yeah. Wait, you mean putting a cigarette out on someone's head isn't hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> no. Just, no, just just consistent verbal abuse and physical abuse by everybody's like, oh. Uh, but, yeah. like, she's so matter-of-fact about it. She's like, yeah. No, that sounds great. I, I, I can't wait to see it. It's going to – I'm really excited. Uh, and then the last one, like I said, Get Out is – dominating steamrolling the screenplay prize so i can guarantee if not just a nomination it probably might win, win. yeah no, I think it's, it might go, win it's gonna screenplay. win yeah which hey jordan peele going upstage to accept an oscar that would be that would be awesome <laughs> what, what a world that we live in where jordan peele and potentially tommy wiseau <laughs> are like the big figures at the oscars this year. <laughs> that Listen, guy from key and peele 2017 has <laughs> been fucking weirder so it like it has it has oh yeah um but yeah, so I mean, outside of that, just you know, Get Out and Florida Project had been cleaning up the most for Best Picture wins this last week. So hey, that's pretty good. Uh, man, they they're gonna be hard to beat. Um, then going from there, also you know, quick mentions: uh, Shape of Water, as we talked about, led the nominations at St. Louis and at Houston for the Craig Prizes. So hey, it's the race is starting to shape up a bit better, but still no clear winners outside of a couple. You know? <coughs> uh, though I think. One thing that might shake things up a little bit is the AFI Awards. So that got announced this last week. Uh, and I just closed the window like a dum-dum here. But... No. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. I love computers. I know how they work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here we go. Yeah, but, uh, you know, among the things that really surprised me this week was the AFI nominations. Because AFI, based on this story that we had from uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Gold Derby, they're usually pretty good at predicting Best Picture nominees. Uh, I think that they only missed out on a couple nominees every year uh, in this case. Um, it just but more consistently than the other two groups we'll talk about a little bit later. <laughs> but um, the ones I'm definitely sure won't make the list. Uh, I'm sorry, people. Wonder Woman is not Best Picture worthy. Uh, it's a good movie. It's very fun. I, I No. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of a lot of the hype, and I and I love Wonder Woman. I think it's a great movie. But I think a lot of the 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 momentum, the hype, especially going into award season with it, is what this movie represents. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's important. I agree. And you know, being a big blockbuster smash for a female led director, you know that, yeah. that that's definitely really important. I just, you know, I I just I, when I put it up against the other nominees like Florida Project, Shape of Water, you know, all the all the expected people who made it onto this list, uh, yeah, and just very different class of filmmaking in that case. Mm. But um, also, they gave a little love to the Big Sick, which was kind of cool. Thank God. Yeah, which uh, Big Sick always been it's been that one that's been hanging on the ledge in a couple categories for me. Where it's like screenplay, probably not, but it's like my alternative if anything else made it. Um, but Holly Hunter, I think, is one of my you know she's still my alternate like fifth sixth slot for whoever would make best supporting actress because. I thought she was great in that movie, and she just got nominations at some of the other um, award ceremonies. So, yeah. 
yeah. I, I still I, haven't seen it yet, but I've been looking forward to it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a very sweet film, you know, just like, yeah, yeah just, and I think like that's one of the things where it's like, even if I wasn't blown away completely by it, but I'm like, no, I can't think of anything that I didn't like about the movie at all. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and then going from there, we got the first of the big ones, the Golden Globes, the, um, the red-headed stepchild of the Oscars, as I usually call them. <laughs> the one where you get to watch all the celebrities get really drunk for two hours. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, the, the memory still burns and Ricky Gervais just sloshed on the, on the podium. Just... <laughs> for like four years straight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like either as host or as a presenter, just coming out there and just like, yeah, let me tell you all something. <laughs> let me tell you how you're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Oh boy, I th- we know what's everybody nervously laughing. Oh yep. yeah, no, because uh, you, you know they want to fight him right then and there. But like, listen, I'm I'm too drunk and I don't want to ruin my rep right now because we're oh on live God. television. How, gra- how great would that be if like one of these years for the uh, for the Golden Globes, like the lights the lights go down, the windows lock, and then like somebody comes out and breaks a pool stick in half, and they're like, all right, fight Ricky Gervais right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> but, and you know, I, I guess the, it, there wouldn't be much pride in beating up a chubby British dude. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> oh, good for you. You're so tough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the films that got nominated for the top prizes, most of them are kind of expected. Uh, so Best Picture Drama was Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. I mean... Pretty solid list there, I would say. Yeah, I, these are all yeah, yeah, all solid choices. I, I haven't seen the post yet, but uh, I'm, I'm about the rest of this. Yeah, not a yeah. lot of people have seen the post. Like that's one of two movies. Well, still. It didn't yeah. even come out yet. Yeah, it's it's not out yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it got screened. It got screened to critics for these critic group awards. So that those yeah, are the only yeah, people yeah. who've seen it outside of you know Academy voters. I'm assuming. Yeah. So, because yeah, there's that, and then I think Greatest Showman I know has been seen by a couple people, right? Uh, by I this mean, point. I'm assuming since it's on that list. Yes, indeed. Because I mean, yeah, how many musicals have there come have there been this year? So I feel like it's just there to fill that quota. Well, uh, true. The Shape of Water count. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Eh, I know what you're talking really? about. So. <laughs> but yeah, damn it. Um, but yes, on that note, yeah, the best musical comedy category, which okay, separate but equal, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, uh, we have the Disaster Artist. The Greatest Woo. Showman, I, Tanya, Lady Bird, and the funniest film of the year, Laugh Out Loud Comedy, Get, Get Out. out. <laughs> you know, I, I just thought it was so hilarious when he was, you know, tied to that chair and forced to watch that program about the white family, you know, implanting their brains into the black people. I thought that was so funny. Oh, yeah. And that bit when they're auctioning him off to decide who's going to cut his brain out and put it into oh, the body. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that, yes. and that bit when uh, he, he ends up convincing the one guy to put the shotgun in his mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was Ooh. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. La- a laugh riot. <laughs> you know, and the sad thing is, I know some people who might actually agree with us because oh, I, I had a, I had an argument with my best friend uh, a while back when they announced that they were going to run for this category he's like wait you didn't think that was a comedy and i'm like you did because yeah <laughs> and, and like I, like it's yeah it's got its funny moments but no it's, it's not, not a comedy, comedy. no and i get it's I satirical satire is not always comedy though that's the thing another i know there are a lot of people on twitter who were like oh um uh how did three billboards not get nominated for a comedy but get out did i'm like three <laughs> billboards is also not a comedy like yeah. it's got its funny moments but like it's rough as hell well, and I think the problem is, too, is that McDonough competed in comedy, I think, within Bruges. And that's where uh, Colin Farrell won his Best Actor Prize there. 
So I guess they're just assuming like, oh, well, that guy only directs comedies. But yeah, from what it sounds like, Three Bill, like Three Billboards sounded way more dramatic when I read the reviews for it than the trailers were letting on to it. So I'm assuming that's true then, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Much more then. <laughs> so, I mean, other than that, uh, this is a pretty solid list of contenders. I mean, again, Greatest Showman, that and um, All the Money in the World, I still need to see any reactions no to it. it. <laughs> well, because nobody's seen or like, no one's reviewed these movies, really. Well, that's Yeah. Like, like I think the screening for like here for All the Money in the World is, isn't until Tuesday. So, like, oh, dang. I don't, I don't know who's got it on that list, but whatever. Yeah. yeah but apparently whatever. the Golden Globes voters saw it because... They nominated it for Best Lead Actress in a Drama for Michelle Williams, yep. um, Best Director for Ridley Scott, which kind of ruffled a few feathers. They're like, really? But the big shocker, Christopher Plummer, got recognized for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Kevin Spacey. Which you know, that that was entirely a petty move. Oh, and you yeah. know, that's why, that's probably why Ridley Scott got that nomination, because of the, whether the movie's good or bad, the I- insane feat that he pulled off of, like, Hey, we're going to reshoot like like 20 odd scenes in this movie in about 6 days. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what bugs me about the Golden Globes is that they're often yeah, when you say that the Oscars are corrupt, it's like no, no, no. Golden Globes are way more corrupt than the Oscars. They're well, openly they, they, corrupt. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they both are. Golden Globes are just open about it. Oh yeah. No, and they're they're much more shameless about it for sure. Uh, and uh yeah, I mean, and look, maybe Christopher Plummer's amazing. Uh, I, you know, I have not seen he, the movie. He often and, is. Yeah, he's a great great actor. He's a legend. But that's just the surprise to suddenly see, like, oh, yeah, this film that nobody's seen, nobody's heard about, nobody knows what to expect. But Christopher Plummer's amazing. <laughs> hey, hey I, I hope it's great. I really do. I do, too. Uh, it's just funny that we're getting two John Paul Getty stories in the same year because we got this. And then I think a month or two after is that FX series Trust about the exact uh, well, same story. And that's why they were like, yeah, we could push this back or we could just do all the reshoots right now because we don't want that TV show to beat us to the punch. Yeah, especially now that Disney bought FX. So, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll be hearing more about that in the future on Breakfast Pub on oneofus.net. I can't wait to see what this season of Atlanta is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Donald Glover has some Disney money from Spider-Man. So. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. Oh, there we go. See? That- My God. Wow. They just bought Donald Glover. Just <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You, wouldn't you? Sure. If you had fuck you money, wouldn't Yo, you want to buy him? Sure. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd pay not? him to be my best friend. Yes, I would. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so then other categories. I mean, what? Uh, animated films. I do say, okay, Boss Baby got nominated. So. <laughs> how, did, how did Boss Baby get nominated but not let go Batman? Uh, and not only that, Ferdinand got nominated too. Uh, which starring uh, John, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> That's just part of his name. That music needs to be tr- like you know on his birth certificate. It needs to be John Cena with the musical <laughs> instrument. <laughs> Somehow, yeah, phonetically, phonetically write that down on his uh, driver's license. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, the other three films nominated were Coco, of course, uh, The Breadwinner, and then Woo. Loving Vincent. So Woo. hey, that's. I'm not as worried right now that there might be some – well, I mean, it's still the Oscars might there might be some worry. But at least they're showing they're giving some love to Ford in independent films. I'm, I'm yeah, calling I've, it now. Boss I've, Baby's going to win. Everything. I've heard a lot for what's it called, the breadwinner. Also, fuck the Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's going to happen, man. Uh, no, actually, because I, I love um, – I think it's uh, Nora Twami who's the director for that film. Uh, they and I remember they did um, Secret of Kells and um, oh Song right oh my god I completely forgot about the Secret of Kells that's why it looks so familiar to me I was like that art style looks very familiar but I couldn't 
point uh put a finger on what but no the secret of kells that's it yeah no there it's a very unique art art style and they really put that studio on the map for that and so i really hope that and i think also breadwinner helps that it's produced by angelina jolie so it's got a little push to kind of mm. get it some recognition there uh it won't help her with her other film that first they killed my father which no one's been talking about but nope. um it's unfortunate because it's a really good movie is it okay yeah. oh you know what? okay i take that back it got nominated for foreign language film. So there hey. you go. Hey. Which, uh, <laughs> by the way, for future news for the you know pre- uh, next recording, they're going to announce the foreign film shortlist later this week. So. Oh, well. Yeah. But uh, for foreign language film, uh, Fantastic Woman got nominated, which yeah, apparently people really like that film. And it's a big deal because it's, you know, a tra- – uh, I want to say the pop trend. So it's transgender, right, that uh, this actor is? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. There's so many labels these days. I just want to be very careful. But um, yeah, that's making the big waves for that because apparently he's really good in it or she. I'm not very good at this stuff in this case. Yeah. But, um, yeah. First, they killed my father in The Fade, Loveless, and The Square. We're recognized for Yes. Fortnite, which I, I really want to see The Square because I wanted oh my to see God. It's one of those things I missed out on, but I heard very divisive opinions the, the, I, I the square two. is so funny and gets so fucked up and dark and i mean i love that director because um he also did force majeure which is not so messed up in that context but is a really really good movie um so yeah no i really want to see what he can do with this crazy abstract art stuff but uh <laughs> and i don't know why just when i saw that dude who was doing the uh, the monkey impersonation in the uh, the restaurant oh, oh terry notary yeah yeah um I kept thinking, uh, do you know Julian Hemmendinger from the site? One of the <laughs> oh. I, just couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about him. Like, I just thought of oh him. Oh, my he did, God. He did a similar <laughs> video for an acting class. <laughs> I don't know why. Hey, Julian, if you listen to this, hi. <laughs> but, What's up, uh, Julian? <laughs> yeah. I just thought of him. like, oh, my gosh, this is totally his movie. <laughs> but um, a few people just, you know, scattered categories. People who got some good boosts. Um, Molly's Gang got the recognition. I think it got... Best actress and then best screenplay recognition. So it, Aaron Sorkin, I feel, is a lock for like whenever he puts out a screenplay, he's just nominated on principle. I, not always. Uh, if I remember, what's that one? Uh, Charlie Wilson's award didn't get recognized, except for supporting actor in that case. So, mm. but more often than not, he got does get recognized. Um, and then scrolling through here, there are a few WTF recognitions throughout the list, like Judy Dench for Victoria and Abdul, which yeah. I, I get it that she's the one thing that everyone really liked about that movie, but I doubt that's got to get any traction for her. Um, so is the, for her, like her and uh, she's one of those people that I'm like, you could have taken that and just put Tiffany Haddish in there because the thing is, is yeah, best performance in a comedy. She should have been there for actually, wait, never mind. That's actress, not supporting actress. We'll get, we'll get a supporting actress. You know, um, I think instead of uh, Judy Dench in this role, they should have cast Wesley Snipes, personally. <laughs> no, I think they should have put Christopher Palmer in there. But uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. <laughs> but, um... Oh, boy, that just threw me off. Um, also, there was the... Um... I- I'm not going to say it's a pity to vote, because people really like Denzel Washington and Roman J. Israel, but... It's a pity vote. It's a pity not, vote. Sorry, not a pity vote, but uh, we need to get Denzel at the ceremony, so we'll put him as a nomination. Well, because not only here, he got nominated here and in the Screen Actors Guild, which we'll talk about in a minute. Which but, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it's, the movie's no. not, like, I mean, he like he's fine, but the movie fucking sucks. That's what I've heard from everybody. <laughs> okay. Like, even, even them re-editing the movie and trying to fix it up couldn't save it. <laughs> but no. uh, that's a bummer. Um, also, I've never heard of The Leisure Seeker, which Helen Mirren got nominated for, but 
it's been slowly sure. getting some good reviews. So sure, yeah, hey, whatever. Um, Steve Carell got a huge boost this week because uh, he got nominated here and in the Screen Actors Guild for Battle of the Sexes, which sure everyone said he was really good in it. I mean, it, it like they're gonna get nominated here, but Oscars, the movie's gonna get completely shut out. Yeah, I probably I, I kind of agree. Um, original score, which this is a category I love following because I love film music. I'm a big you know. Most of my Spotify playlist and my iPhone playlist are all film scores of some sort. Uh, and most of these are kind of contenders I expected. I mean, it's Three Billboards, Shape of Water, Phantom Thread, The Post, and Dunkirk, which pretty solid list. Uh, Golden Globes is not good at predicting best original score, though, so I'm curious how much it's going to shake up by the time Oscars come around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shape of Water Shape of Water is one of those things that it's a lot because, again, everything about the movie is so beautiful, especially the music. So, oh, yeah. like. That one's for yeah. sure. Dunkirk for sure also because... Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I know it's not exactly uh, the epitome of easy listening, but that Dunkirk score is amazing. It's one of the most nerve-wracking scores I've heard. Like, we were talking about uh, nerve-wracking scores last uh, last week with, like, the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. But, no, Dunkirk's... That oh ticking God. clock makes oh, yeah. you... Que- like, <laughs> you just feel sweaty the moment you start hearing it. <laughs> hey man, I mean, d- uh, for some reason Christopher Nolan brings out the best in Hans Zimmer for scorers. So yeah, I would not be surprised if that got recognized. And then uh, speaking of Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, I think that one's probably might it, it might make it. You know, so Johnny Green would get an Oscar nomination. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. Yeah, uh, and then best song. I'm not going to talk about that because Golden Globes are almost always wrong. Remember me. Is That's probably the only one, and maybe Greatest Showman might cross over, but. I'm just going to ignore that for right now because most yeah. of the time they only get like one or two right in that category. <laughs> although but. I would love, although I would love for what's it called? Uh, Mighty river from Mudbound to win just cause I want Raphael Sadiq and Mary J. Blige to win a golden globe. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, I, because I listen, if I get to see more like Tony, Tony, Tony. So like, come on, <laughs> Raphael, got to support. Tony, Tony. Oh, that'll be great. <laughs> uh, moving on to Screen Actors Guild, though. Um, this one had a few head scratchers as well. Because, yeah, again, uh, Tiffany Haddish did not get recognized back at the Golden Globes, I don't believe. Yeah, no, she, did, she didn't. But the thing is, is that uh, I actually just read just yesterday... But Jada Pinkett Smith went on a whole tangent huh. about it. Like she didn't, she didn't rant about it, but she was like, "There's like the fact that they couldn't even get uh, the Hollywood foreign press, uh, foreign press to even like look at the movie. Like they didn't watch it. Like they really? refused to watch Girl Trip, but they still wanted Tiffany there to present. And I feel like that's one of those things that like it, that sounds really unfair. Like they want the star power, but they don't want to actually give any credit or like give a chance to like possibly nominate it." Like That's she, she was like, up. I'm not. It, she's like, it's not sour grapes, but it's one of those things that like it might be a result of like an antiquated system, which I get. Sure. Because yeah, but uh, it's one of those things that like yeah, no, it feels very unfair because I, I feel like she absolutely deserved a nomination. Granted, I don't know who I'd take out of it out of best supporting actress. Maybe like downsizing because I haven't really heard much good things about it. But at the same time, I'm not going to criticize because I haven't seen it. Now, having said that, yeah, uh, Hong Chow for Downsizing, she got both a Golden Globe and a Screen Actors Guild nomination. And I have heard that she's really, really good in the movie, but probably the only thing that people really liked the most in the movie. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, and Supporting Actress is always a tough category because there's always those like one or two who are going to get pushed out. And I- I'm sure people want it because they want diversity representation in the Supporting Actress category. But then again, even though like there, there is a lot, which I like I- I'm happy with, but I think it just 
it doesn't help that supporting cat the supporting category for some reason is all drama musical or comedy rather than split like the main like the leading actors or the uh best picture yeah and they think they can cover it which is going oh it's six nominees for supporting categories like well that's not the same but yeah although um i am happy too it it sounds like mary j blige is going to get an oscar nomination for mudbound so hey that's cool. I'm happy. I'm happy for that. If she does, if she does like the Mary J dance that she does at every concert ever, like literally, look at look it up on like Twitter or like YouTube. But she does the same kind of auntie dance, like auntie at the cookout kind of dance, <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. And I want her to do it on stage <laughs> if she does win. Auntie at the cookout. I've not heard in that context. <laughs> this what he's what he's saying is this could be the best uh, award show performance since Three Six Mafia. Yes, dude. <laughs> listen, that is maybe still my favorite Oscar win of all time. Oh, oh that's the ever. best. The best. <laughs> Just oh, for, if for no other reason than when they cut to everybody else in the room. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, all the black people were like, "Yes, that's the stuff." Like I remember Queen Latifah. Like she stood up, oh, like, course. "Yo, that's the stuff." <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that's no. I legitimately love it because the thing is that it's a really good song, and I oh, love Three Six Mafia. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Like it's the last thing I'd expect to see. <laughs> oh yeah, and then when she opened the envelope, and Queen was just was like, "Yeah, yeah, it was hot out here for a pimp." <laughs> <laughs> oh that was definitely a great moment um so uh best supporting like screen actors guild yes back to this thing um best performance by an ensemble cast this was interesting because i mean the ensemble cast doesn't guarantee best picture nominees in fact i remember one year where hairspray got a nomination here which to be fair Ugh. the cast in hairspray is fantastic that doesn't reflect the movie that reflects it was a really all-star cast that worked on hairspray uh, which I liked Hairspray. That was a good movie. But um, my whole thing is that Hairspray is like everything that I hate about musicals is in that movie. Like, see, that's most things I that. like about musicals. But that's just, teach their own. But the other nominees this year were um, The Big Sick, which kind of surprised me, but that's pretty cool. Uh, Get Out, Lady Bird, Mudbound, and Three Billboards. Not exactly the list I was expecting for the Screen Actors Guild, but it's. It's a pretty solid choice, I would imagine. I can't, yeah, I, can't, dis- I, can't, I can't disagree with any of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, Mudbound, one of those ones that people seem to be a little bit on the fence on. But, I mean, all those actors are good in the film. So, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, mostly expected. Uh, best actor list. I'm pretty sure, you know, again, Chalamet, Franco, and Oldman are definitely going to be in for the Oscars. Uh, there's a lot of push for Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. And I know we were, we were skeptical about it in our first recording to see if he would get an Oscar nomination. But... There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of support for him, and hey, I, I think I, I think he's made it to where he's maybe my my alternative, like you know fifth or sixth kind of thing. But uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh, best actress, pretty much expected. Judy Dench probably won't make it again. I don't get these these pushes for films that no one expected to get Oscar nominations. Just Victoria and Abdul for Judy Dench, but the other four nominees: Hawkins, McDormand, uh, Margot Robbie, and Saoirse Ronan definitely in. I think that the point. Is remember with like Judy Dench and like when she shows like when she shows up, she's almost like guaranteed a nomination because like when you look at like the Screen Actors Guild or like those kind of like councils and stuff, they're all mostly old people, and they're like, okay, yeah, no, she's the best old person ever. So like, (laughs) (laughs) best old person. (laughs) I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Like when her and Judy or when her and uh, Meryl Streep depart this mortal coil, like are we just not going to have any more old people? 
Mm. Yeah, no, they're all they're all gonna float into the nether. Yeah, they're... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, but also one thing I thought was kind of cool. Uh, so best supporting actor. I mean, it's mostly expected. It's like again, Willem Dafoe, uh, Sam Rockwell, and I think Richard Jenkins has kind of solidified himself as a best supporting actor nominee. Um, but then Woody Harrelson got everything nice too, uh, which is pretty awesome. And I think it's great because she's like, I feel like in like as much as everyone is praising Sam Rockwell, myself included, but Woody Harrelson, while he's not in the movie that much, he is really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm hard pressed to find a Woody Harrelson performance I don't like, uh, cause I think he's just, he's one of those dependable actors. He does, he has a certain type of performance he does, but he's really good at that type, you know? Uh, yeah, so I think that's the most I got to say. Um, were there any thoughts from you guys outside of what I've talked about with any of these precursors, precursors that you had opinions on? or? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah, I pretty much kind of summed it all up, you know, <laughs> as far as kind of where we stand on a lot of these. Yeah. yeah. That being said, I want to shout out the Screen Actors Guild for actually having a category that should be in the friggin' Oscars, which yes. is Outstanding Performance by a Stunt Ensemble. Yes. Because stuntmen are so just, like, undervalued in the eyes of, like, the Academy and stuff like that. They're, like... They're the ones who are actually risking their lives and shit doing this stuff. Yeah, and... they're the they're the ones who made Mad Max Fury Road possible. Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, Screen Actors Guild actually having a category for it is that's I feel like that's something that should be in a lot more like of these like major awards, like a major awards. Yeah. No, like, I so, totally like, agree. This year it was a uh, Baby Driver, Dunkirk, Logan, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Wonder Woman, and. I would like to give it to Baby Driver, but I feel like Dunkirk, there was so much shit that happened, especially with, uh, yeah. like, you're talking about, like, almost, pretty much most of it looked real, or, most like, was either real. was real or looked really real. <laughs> yeah. A- a- any other year, I would want to give it to Baby Driver, but just, like, the dogfight sequences in Dunkirk, you know, which were pretty much all done with the actual planes from the era. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think, if I remember correctly, too, the... Uh... That plane that exploded in the water was a real plane as well. That wasn't a visual effect. They actually destroyed Jesus. a real plane. Of course they did. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was that. There's, um, I saw, I remember seeing a behind-the-scenes video of that opening scene in the beach when they're bombing them. And you yeah. see, like, oh, yeah, they're throwing real people up in the air with the wires and that stuff. When yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. No, I would definitely agree. Dunkirk is probably my pick, you know, if I was, if I was a betting man, which I... I'm not, but I am. <laughs> but, for, uh, for the award of good job he didn't kill anybody this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I saying that too, when I see like sad obituary stories and stuff, seeing stunt performers getting killed on the job are always the ones that make me really, really sad. Like, um, yeah. what's her name? That woman who was in Deadpool 2 who died? Yeah, that, 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 one, yeah. that one hurt me because especially because they said like that, that stunt was preventable or like that accident was preventable. We're like, oh, they didn't want her to have a helmet or whatever because they wanted to see her face. But now they're actually doing it with the helmet. I'm like, you could this this could have not happened. Yeah. Uh, well, now I'm depressed. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, you brought it up. I know. It's my own fault. Everything is my fault. But <laughs> I am going to try to bring it up a little bit because like last week we have – hopefully this goes out a little better than the last time we did this. But I want to talk about our – Favorite Best Supporting Actor and Actress winners for the last decade uh, to round things off. So, uh, I want to start with Ian this week. Ian, of the last decade, who is your favorite Best Supporting Actor winners and or nominees since we'll make that exception for this case? Mm, Okay, okay. Of the last decade. Yeah, yeah. Well, From like 2007. Okay, well, I mean, I I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't mention uh, J.K. Simmons and Whiplash at least once. Oh, yeah. 
Because, good God. <laughs> that was that um, one, like we were saying, like, you know, when everyone was saying nominees for Best Supporting Actor, nobody disregarded, like, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, well, J.K. Simmons is going to win. So, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, unlike last year, or unlike last episode, where we were kind of talking about how a lot of the, the nominations were better than the, uh, the, the categories that ended up winning, looking at all the winners of Best Supporting Actor, I'm pretty much on board with all of them. You know, it's... Yeah, Javier Bardem and No Country for Old Men. You know Heath Ledger and The Dark Knight. You know, Christoph Waltz, uh, uh, Django Unchained, uh, uh, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight. You know, all great, great roles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Most of these is like most of them were my picks that year, like the ones yeah. who I was that I wanted to win. And even the ones that didn't win are still like you know amazing performances. You know, like looking on here, you got you know. Michael Fassbender, you know, 12 Years a Slave, Philip Seymour Hoffman, The Master, uh, uh, Nick Nolte in Warriors, Sylvester Stallone in Creed, uh, Jeremy Renner in The Town. I think just Best Supporting Actor, that's your best, you know, if you want really good performance, uh, market yourself in a Best Supporting Actor category. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can be like Robert Downey Jr. and get that nod for Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I or love... Jonah Hill. Uh, yeah, Jonah Hill, two-time Oscar two time. nominee. <laughs> a supporting actor. Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, he got nominated for an Oscar for eating a goldfish on screen. Let's <laughs> think about that. And talking about baseball. <laughs> and talking about baseball. Hanging out with Brad Pitt. So his everyday life, probably. Oh, yeah. Taking, I, taking a bunch of quaaludes with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love that when they make that joke in Honest Trailers, when they bring up Jonah Hill, they always say, two-time Oscar nominee, Jonah Hill. Just to make sure that you know. <laughs> Yeah, when they brought that up in, what was it, um, uh, This is the End, Daniel was was like, you're an Oscar-nominated actor. (laughs) Yeah, isn't he, isn't he, there's, isn't there a scene where he's, like, walking around with his Oscar in that movie? Uh, well, he didn't win, so probably not. I have to rewatch it. What is it where he, he's, like, uh, when I think, I can't remember who it was, but he's, uh, trying to calm somebody down, and it gets Danny McBride, he's like, look, everybody, it's every. Don't worry, it's everybody's, uh, it's America's sweetheart, Jonah Hill, it's me, don't worry. Oh, no, actually, I think my favorite part, uh, is, uh, when he prays to God, he's like, God, it's me, Jonah Hill from Moneyball. <laughs> Everybody needs to see this is the end. This is the end is way better than I ever expected it would be. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I know, I love that, though. Just like, Jonah Hill, you're an Oscar nominated actor, for heaven's sake. Sell me that. Fatalities. Come on. Fatalities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fatalities. Jay, I didn't know you were in town. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really great. Um, so then, any other like, if you had to say like your maybe your three favorites among these, who would you say are your three uh, nominees? Oh, oh let's, let's go with winners first. Oh, yeah. winner, winners. Uh, well, okay. Well, winners uh, that'd be uh, uh, Heath Ledger, Javier Bardem, and J.K. Simmons. Dang it, you took my picks. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. And then I guess if you had to say like you know the standout nominees or like the ones you were really mm. happy about, what mm. would you say were the one, those ones? Uh, uh, definitely Stallone and Creed. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Opera uh, man. Yeah, Phil- Jonah uh, Hill and Moneyball. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Jonah Hill and everything. Uh, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman and the Master. That that was the one where uh, what year that was. Oh, that was because, yeah, yeah. Where, uh, like, I'm totally cool with Christoph Waltz winning that, but, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, I thought, specifically for that year, Philip Seymour Hoffman, that's, that was, like, maybe the performance of his life. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, in a film that people were very divisive on, but I think everyone could agree that he was just him and Joaquin Phoenix, you know, blew everyone out of the water with how good the performances were. Yeah. And actually, 2012 was one of those years where any one of those five, uh, maybe with the exception of Robert De Niro, but any one of those five could have won and I would have been relatively happy with it. Just like yeah. oh, I would have, I would have just loved to have seen a Tommy Lee Jones acceptance speech. Just him. Just like, uh, <laughs> he would have outgrumped Harrison Ford. <laughs> wait, that wait, was the year too when they uh, the, the big joke was trying to make him smile at the Oscars, and he did. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, wait, has Tommy Lee Jones won? Then I forgot about uh, the Fugitive. Which yeah. he's amazing in the Fugitive. So and then he oh, followed so, yeah, up with so Batman Ret- or Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. Batman Forever, Oscar-worthy <laughs> yeah, performance. Real Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> in his attempt Harvey to Dent. try and one-up Jim Carrey, which no one should yeah. try to do. The <laughs> ultimate the ultimate of dick measuring contests. <laughs> which, and I, I still love hearing that story about how much he just freaking hated Jim Carrey on set. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I way Jim Carrey tells it. Wait, yeah, where he, what happened? He, Jim Carrey's, uh, oh, have you not, you, not, you not heard about this? No. Oh, yeah, well, okay, so, yeah, during the filming of Batman Forever, for whatever reason, like, Tommy Lee Jones just like could not stand Jim Carrey, and like like one day like early on in the shoot like you know uh, Jim Carrey was just going up and talking to Tommy Lee Jones, and Tommy Lee Jones just like turns over to him, and I believe his like direct quote is like, "Look, I don't like you, I I, I despise you, and I cannot sanction your buffoonery on set." <laughs> and, and and Jim Carrey was just like, "What did I do? Like, what the hell?" And so then after that, like, Tommy Lee Jones just trying to constantly one-up Jim Carrey because I think he felt, like, intimidated by him or something. I don't know. I, I believe it. <laughs> My question is, like, why the fuck did Tommy Lee Jones even sign on to that anyway? Because he's, like, the most curmudgeon human being on Earth. Uh, well, I'm convinced that every every day he was shooting that movie, he faced it with a stiff drink and maybe a line of coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean... And I'm sure it's pretty appealing, just like, well, Jack Nicholson made a billion dollars signing on to the Joker. That, so. I think that's what it was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, it, it didn't work for Danny DeVito. It wouldn't work for you. Come on. But <laughs> anyway, um, Shaq, how about you? Uh, top three favorite winners and then any standout nominees that you really liked? Uh, top three winners. Mine is very similar to Ian's, where it's, yeah, Heath Ledger and J.K. Simmons. But my third one is um, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight. Because nice. while he was he was not in the movie for that long, but his like he has such a powerful commanding performance while still remaining very subtle and very warm. And I was crying like a motherfucker after it. Yeah. <laughs> especially it's especially one of those things where like again, it's the tip effect where like after when all the the whole cast of the movie came out and he was just talking about like the, with so much passion about his role and how it like affected him and stuff and he started crying and that's when everyone in the theater started crying Aww. and i was like well yeah no there's there's no way i can't put in like one of my favorite performances of like the decade um but uh in terms of just like other nominees in terms of like other nominees or yeah no uh Ian's right where a lot of the time they get it right in terms of just like the winners so but nominations are always usually stacked like Robert Downey Jr. in the one time that blackface will ever be accepted. The last time blackface will ever be accepted. <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? Uh, oh, uh, Ethan Hawke in Boyhood. I thought he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was great. And it's, it's like Boyhood gets a lot of flack because of the whole like production method of like, oh, it took 12 years to film. It's still really, really good. Um, also, it's not easy to make a movie over twelve years. Everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, I could do that yeah. in an hour." It's like, well, yeah, what if, well, yeah. What if, what if, like, Patricia Arquette showed up on year year six and was like, "Hey, I want like five million dollars." Yeah, exactly. 
Um, what if somebody dies um, halfway through the production? You know, how do you yeah. exactly? This is one of those things you don't expect. But um, uh, another one I wanted to throw out was uh, Barkat Abdi in Captain Phillips. That oh, I so agree. I loved oh, him in that oh movie. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, he command like it was what his first performance ever. I believe. Yeah. yeah. And he fucking commands the screen. That movie alone makes it me like anytime he shows up in a movie, I'm always happy. And they, no one ever gives him enough to do because I mean I get it. He's a weird looking dude. He has you know those two bumps on his head, the way his teeth are, and that stuff. But he's a really charismatic actor. Just from the I loved him in Blade Runner though. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, great. he was great in Blade Runner. Also, he's in Good Time for a brief oh, moment of time, but yeah. he's great. Oh, he got oh, he's screwed so over awesome so hard in that movie. They totally <laughs> messed him up. <laughs> Man, I felt so bad for him too. <laughs> Um, you know, and I just I like seeing that kind of diversity, like not just you know racial diversity, but cultural. The fact that we don't get many Somalian actors at all. And I um I remember I took an Uber ride a few weeks back with a Somalian ca- uh, driver in that case, and I talked about that. Just the idea, like, yeah, we don't see a lot of these other cultures like that. So it's nice to see someone who is a really naturally charismatic, charming actor getting that kind of recognition for his first ever performance. You know, exactly. It, it made me really really happy. So. Uh, and then any other ones or uh... um Sylvester Stallone was like actually the year with this that Mark Rylance went as much <laughs> as I agree that he's a good actor it should have been that was Stallone's year man and that's a hard but, one because they're both very different performances yeah I, like I, I understand but it's one of those things that like it it would have felt like a very good in terms of just like story where like he got it comes full circle kind of thing yeah but uh yeah, no that that one that that one was the only one that like it kind of I got disappointed by the category, but other than that, um, yeah, the, actually, also yeah, we mentioned Jeremy Jeremy Renner in the town, mm-hmm. fucking fantastic, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like the so these categories are always so stacked that you can't really like <laughs> pinpoint to like just a few. Once like pretty much all of them. Oh yeah, no, and I I agree, and that's why it was hard for me to pick winners as well because. I mean, again, yeah, you know, the usual picks, like, Javier Bardem was amazing. You know, he was, he's, he dominated No Country for Old Men. So good. Heath Ledger, come on. It, you know, people argue, they're like, well, they're only giving it to him because he died. It's like, no, even if he was alive, he would still win yeah, that category. Yeah, no, come on now. Yeah, seriously. Um, I will say, I think if I need to not just completely repeat, if I had to pick my three favorites, um, I love Christoph Walton and Glorious Bastards. I think. yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's the thing. I don't like Inglor. I don't like sixty percent of Inglorious Bastards. Screw but you. Every scene but... he's every scene I don't that like he's 60% in. I don't like sixty percent of you. <laughs> okay, so the million high five. <laughs> but no, every scene that Christoph Waltz is in, I love. And no, yeah, no, he, yeah, he he owns it. Yeah, he commands the screen, and it's just such a great breakout for a guy who no one in America really knew anything about, and then suddenly it's just like. Oh yeah, that was the single best performance of the whole year, no matter who, what category. <laughs> just... And now they want him in, as a villain in everything. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing I get bummed about because I'm like, you know, Django proved at least that he can do. Like, you know, he's still slightly villainous, but he's mostly the hero of that story. You know, even more so than Django in some cases. Because that's my one complaint with Django Unchained, where Django as a character is so minor compared to Doctor King Schultz. But yeah. it just showed that Christopher Waltz can do likable people, not just evil Nazi guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, I, I, we'll see about Battle Angel Alita. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, he's technically, his character is a good guy in that one, so, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see how that turns out for him. But if I had to pick other ones um, that I really liked, I mean, and like you guys said, the only one I not even disagreed with, I wasn't 
thrilled with was Christopher Plummer, funny enough, talking about him early on. I'm like, he's really good in Beginners, but that was also a really competitive year between him, uh, Nolte, Brana, Von Sydow, you know, that was a... And, and that's not even my favorite category of the sporting actors for this kind of stuff. But the other two ones I really loved, I really... I know this may seem weird with all the controversy after the fact, but I love Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club. Like, uh, you know, Suicide Squad notwithstanding, I think he was amazing yeah. <laughs> in Dallas Buyers Club. Like, it, especially he had the one big scene in that one that really broke me when he's uh, sells his life insurance policy. Like that whole bit when he has to, you know, he has to dress up for his dad and then he talks about it afterwards with Matthew McConaughey. Like, I think that really earned him a lot of respect in my eyes. Uh, if mm-hmm. not for anything else, at least just for that one performance. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I get the feeling you guys aren't as thrilled in that context, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like I feel like either Picard, Abdi, or Fassbender would have been cooler. But you know, whatever. Oh, and again, that was yeah. a hard year because yeah, you got Abdi, Bradley Cooper, Fassbender, and Jonah Hill all giving really good performances that year. So it was going to yeah. be. A- also, um, I know we didn't mention him in like our top three, but I wanted to toss a quick shout out to Christian Bale in the Fighter. Because oh, I was yeah. just about to name he him. He was incredible. Oh, is he your third? <laughs> he was, I'm sorry. He's my third. I'm so he was sorry. my third. No, that's fine. That's fine. Because I really want to talk about that because I loved him in The Fighter. I thought he was fantastic in that movie. I just... And he was such a, a pure scumbag in that movie. Like, just looking. First, he looked really weaselly from the get He looked get-go. like a crackhead. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> granted, he was like hanging out in trap houses and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, it's that, like, that crazy yeah. method acting that Christian Bale would lose so much muscle weight and so much, you know, put himself in such a bad condition, but he gets such great performances out of it, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's great. And he, yeah. I think, out oh, of that one, again, tough year, but there was no competition for, in my mind. Um, If I had yeah. to pick standout nominees since we've named all the ones I was going to say anyway, um, I was happy to see Dev Patel get recognized for Lion this year because I... You know, Lion isn't even the best movie I saw that year, but Dev Patel really put his his all into that performance. He and, did. Yeah, and I think he – I've always said he's a good actor. But people are just like, oh, he's just the dude from Slumdog Millionaire. I'm like, no, no. He, he's got more to offer. You know, uh, no, no. He's the dude from The Last Airbender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Chappie. Uh, God, man. I, Ch- I still, Listen, I haven't even seen Chappie yet, but the thing is there's this joke on Twitter that ruined any enjoyment that I would ever have about Chappie. Because it's really just a shit post of just like me on a date with a girl watching Chappie. When Chappie shows up on screen, you just talk to her and say, that's Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually make for a better movie. It would. <laughs> you know, and, uh, Chappie, what a wasted potential in that movie. Um, and then a couple other ones. I really liked Casey Affleck and the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Their whole title. Mm. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, like, you know, in a movie where he's up against like Brad Pitt and um, Sam Rockwell and a bunch of other really good actors, Casey Affleck really held out his own on that one. You know, he really uh, made a name for himself there. And it paved the way for them him to win in um, Manchester by the Sea, which I thought was even better in comparison. And I know we disagreed on that one last week. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, one thing though is the assassination of Jesse James. That like that the big actual assassination that got ruined for me because there's an internet video where it's the same scene, but they replace it with Yogi and Boo Boo in CG. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, and it's so bizarre. But I was like, why was this a thing that was made? <laughs> you know, sometimes the internet can be used for good, and that's one of those, one of those examples. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and then uh, just a couple other ones and then we'll move on. Uh, I loved Woody Harrelson in The Messenger, talking about him earlier on. I thought he 
you know, for such a small movie that people have pretty much forgotten by this point, Woody Harrelson really made the most of a character who could have been a big cliche. Uh, Stanley Tucci getting recognized for the Lovely Bones, the one good thing about that movie. Uh, I thought he was really good in that. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Gesundheit. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, and then the last, about that. The last one... Um, I, uh, I was going to say somebody else, but that'd be too obvious. Um, you know, I think I really, really liked... Um, uh, and I can't remember his name. Mark Ruffalo in a uh, Foxcatcher. I thought. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think Foxcatcher is a really great movie, and I think he, you know, I wouldn't say he's my favorite performance of that movie, but he was a good anchor of the three. You know, he he was the necessary straight man against Steve Carell and uh, Channing Tatum in that case. Um. Okay, and then one, one last one. Sorry, I just before I go. Uh, Phil Seymour Hoffman in Doubt. I mean, Phil Seymour Hoffman is still one of my favorite actors ever, and Master's great, and he was really really good at Doubt as well. So just yeah. Oh, I think, and uh, shout out to Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water. Yes. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, again, there's so many good picks for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> I wonder what we're going to think about Best Supporting Actress in comparison. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, then there's that category. Uh, Shaq, why don't you start us on that one? Do you have any top three for Best Supporting Actress? Uh, yes, actually. Um, it is one of those things where it's not as stacked as, like, Best Supporting Actor, but I think everyone in here is a very well-deserving, like, winner. Um, number one is Viola Davis and Fences because, man, she, like, she is acting her ass off. And <laughs> it is, it shows so well. Um, most acting in a movie. Fences. Exactly. Most, yeah. the, most acting, the most acting of acting. Um, <laughs> the second one is uh, Lupita Nyong'o in 12 Years a Slave. Because that was maybe the most heartbreaking performance I've ever seen doesn't help that fucking Michael Fassbender is, like, whipping her back to, like, oblivion. But it's oh. literally, it, yeah, just, God, that movie, but. Yeah, that, that was the one so part of that movie, like, for as brutal as it was. And I guess I was expecting worse when I went to go see that movie. But when they pan the camera and you see what her back looks like after the whipping, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> it, was, it was hard. And the third one is uh, Monique and Precious because. Oh, I did yes. not. That was one of the last things I expected from her. Because the thing is, is I see, yeah, when you see Monique, you're thinking of like a lot of just comedic stuff, if not almost entirely that. But then she flips over and does this crazy, terrifying performance of like the single worst mother in the history of the universe. Oh my! And gosh. she knocks it so well that it's, 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 it's fucking incredible. And the and, scary thing is, as monstrous as she is, she feels real, and that's the scariest thing about her character. That's that the pro- yeah, that's the, that's that's what's scary. Um, in terms of nominations, in terms of just like standout nominees for me, um, uh, Marissa Tomei in the wrestler, I thought she was fantastic. Oh, the fighter. I'm uh, sorry, no, I mean the wrestler. No, she's not. The the, oh, 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 sorry, sorry, I was thinking about the other person. Never mind. So Marissa Tomei, yeah. that's right. Um, although yeah, Amy Adams in the fighter, she's great too. Um, Haley Steinfeld is. I thought she sh- actually should have won that year. Um, for True Grit, because she she was even actually no, she should have been nominated for Best Actress, not Best Supporting. Yeah, um, I agree. It's her movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, How can you be the supporting player in your own plot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like come on now. She's not the um, third man who's barely in the third man. <laughs> uh, Emma Stone, I sh- I thought she should have won for Birdman because again, she's not in that much. She's not in it that much, but that monologue she has where she's just cursing out Michael Keaton is fucking <laughs> brilliant. No, she's great in that. Yeah, I agree. And uh, finally, another one, um, one last one I'm going to mention because I'll open it to you guys is um, uh, actually, sorry, two more. Uh, Naomi Harris in Moonlight. I mm-hmm. thought she was great. 
but yeah. it was Vi- but Viola was so good, like you couldn't deny it. And the other one is uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> At first, I thought like, all right, I guess, but it's not until like the third act of that movie where it's pretty much her movie, and she shows out like hell. Like she's, I hated her so much. <laughs> she's a, one of those people that like I love to hate her. But yeah, that's those are my picks. That's awesome. Uh Ian, what about you, buddy? Um yeah, well I mean as far as like my 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 picks of of winners, I mean Shaq kind of stole all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <that's... laughs> Oops, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh but no, I mean as far as like uh uh nominations, um yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee, um I thought uh, Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea was fucking great. That is the one she, scene. She showed up. She literally only showed up just to get that Oscar nom and left. <laughs> yeah, just for that one scene. One She's speech. like, all right, bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, uh, uh, we talked about Haley Steinfeld with True Grit. Um, I thought Jackie Weaver and Animal Kingdom was fucking amazing. Man, I have still not seen Animal Kingdom to this day. I really, oh, really dude, want to. It's so good. Yeah, it's, she's good. It's in, the in, in, Animal Kingdom and Silver Lines Playbook. She's great in both. Yeah, yeah. A- Animal Kingdom is like it's the 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 birth of the Ben Mendelsohn playing a fuck up in every movie he's in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, uh, 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 words. Uh, Saoirse Ronan and Atonement I thought was great. Oh, and that was her big breakout. Like that was the first thing. Yeah, she ever it was. Did. Yeah, and I still hate her to this day because of that. <laughs> she's a little turd in that movie. God damn it, I hate her. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, that's. I feel like that's pretty much all of them. You know, <laughs> that's right, the, no. the gist of them. And that's fair. And I think uh, I have the same problem too. Where we're pretty much in agreement. I think with best supporting actress winners because Monique, I think, is my favorite of all the ones I've seen in this list. Like she, yeah. Again, for someone who I had no expectations from in that movie to suddenly just floor everybody in that year. I mean, that in the beginning that year, you know, her and Christoph Waltz having two of my, some of my favorite supporting performances in the last decade. You know, just. 2009 was a good year that year. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. Um, uh, for other people I really liked, uh, we mentioned it before, I really, really loved Pat- Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. I thought she was, she absolutely deserved to win that year, in my opinion. I mean, I know Emma Stone mm-hmm. was great in that movie, too, but uh, for Patricia, uh, words, I can't say Patricia. it either. Patricia. <laughs> uh, for Patricia Arquette, for her to have, like, not really done anything of note any, at any point before, like, in that interim when she was doing Boyhood, and then suddenly just come out and go, like, this is what I've been doing for the last decade. You know, mm. I, I was very impressed. I, I was very, listen, she was doing medium this entire time. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She wasn't <laughs> not working. Well, I, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, I was not watching medium. So I was just like, Oh yeah. Whatever happened My mom's favorite show. <laughs> uh, I almost, it almost made me want to take it back from her though. The next year when she was presenting for best supporting actor and she looked bored, you know, stiff. At oh the my Oscars. God. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, yeah, the best nominate uh, the category for best. Da, da, da. Yeah, no, she looks so just like wooden and yeah. just like wh- where'd all the natural acting go? Yeah, it's like yeah, we were enthusiasm the year before, and I was just like whatever. <laughs> I was I was a little taken aback by that. Uh, and then I guess for um, other winners, I really liked Anne Hathaway and Les Mis Rob. I mean, she's only in it for so long, but I think she really you know pulled out all the stops in that film, and it. It's probably one of the best renditions of that main song, um, I, uh, uh, Dream I've Dreamed, uh, that I've probably ever heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I've, I've seen a lot of performances like Ms. Rob over the years, and I'm like, I think that just works better. It's a much more natural performance of it, where everyone else is very yeah. showy, I feel. And, and, and people people like to give the movie Les Mis a lot of crap, but uh, Russell, Russell Crowe's singing aside, yeah. I think it's a really great movie. 
No, I agree. And I, yeah, it's, it's the problem that it's a really well-produced movie with like two or three very notable flaws. I think that's, yeah. that's really holds it back to me. And they all rhyme with muscle mo. And uh, Hasha Saren Hoen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sasha Baron Cohen has not done anything really of note to me since Sweeney Todd. And that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. like, what um, has he done since? Well, aside from like uh, the, the dictator. dictator. Bruno. But aside from that. <laughs> um, uh, the Brothers Grimsby. Oh, oh that's oh. it. I completely yeah. forget. Yeah, no, I tried to. Otherwise, otherwise known as Mark Strong's Darkest Hour. Otherwise known as yeah. that movie where we got to see elephants have sex. Yeah, God. that's something I was always wanting to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, we already got enough of that with the Love Guru, but apparently there wasn't enough for Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> you got to see it all why from did the you, inside. Why, you know, we don't mention the Love Guru in this house. Yeah. No, no. But uh, on top of things that I do like, uh, good performances that were nominated as well, uh, Amy Adams gets recognized constantly in supporting actors for nominations and still has not won anything. But she was great in Doubt. She was great in The Fighter. She was really good in The Master. She's just barely in that movie. But just, do, I just want to just reiterate what a great performer Amy Adams is. Just but don't worry. I think she'll get a nom this year for Justice League. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, she had one of the only few scenes of actual acting in that movie. Really, just just stellar work. You know. <laughs> uh, oh, that poor woman. Uh, and then dropping her for Arrival. That was just unfair. Seriously, she was so good in that movie. Yeah, but, no, she should have got it for that. No, um, I agree. Um, I mean, oh, not sorry, not sorry. Uh, Viola Davis in Doubt also, you know, the thing that really brought my attention to her, because she was always, you know, she wasn't really on my radar before then, but that one big scene she has where she shows off her, you know, snot acting as we know it at now. <laughs> she was really good we'll just in call Doubt. call for what it is. Yeah, no, but she, she, yeah, she stole the show in that one for like the five minutes she's in that film. Uh, uh, you know... I, it's well, not so much that this is my favorite of the nominees, but I was kind of happy to see Anna Kendrick in Up in the Air recognized because Up in the Air is a really, really good movie. And she showed that she had more than just being that, you know, that manic pixie dream girl, that, you know, kind of cute girl that we see in so many yeah. other films. Uh, she, you know, told up her own against Vera Farminga and George Clooney in the same movie, I think is a really good accomplishment. Um, Berenice Bejo, I loved her in, in The Artist. I think, I mean, I... I'm a sucker for the artist. I, I know. That's yes. the you love the, you. That's the you already love the artist. <laughs> I know, but you know it, it. It takes for you know John Duarte to have one of the best performances that year. You need someone else who is capable of keeping up with him. And I thought she, you know, she really, you know, showed off what she could do for doing a wholly silent performance on the whole. Like Duarte cheated because he got the last line in the whole movie, the only line in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so she had the advantage of not saying any dialogue the entire time. <laughs> Um, and, you know, one person who I really liked uh, just for, you know, a really standout performance in a movie that I also I enjoy, even though it was my favorite, uh, June Squibb in Nebraska. Uh, she's for the few scenes that she's in that movie. I thought she really she made an impression for herself. Again, a, a woman who is a veteran actress that I had no recollection of. No, she wasn't on my radar at all for anything else. But that, I was really, really impressed by that. So, yeah, um, unless we have any other points to make, I think that's about everything I wanted to cover um, this episode. Oh, there's one, one thing, though, is that. I know Alicia Vikander won for the Danish girl, but she should have won for Ex Machina. Oh my God, yes. <sighs> yeah, I mean, because the thing, thing is, is that might be partially due to my Eddie Redmayne hate and anything uh, he's involved in. <laughs> but so uh, yeah, no, everyone's tainted to be around Eddie Redmayne in your eyes. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she's good in the Danish girl. I still, I didn't bother to see that because I also had kind of that. Yeah, I'm sure this movie's good, but I'm just not bothered. <laughs> yeah, but no, but no, with Ex Machina, 
is all the things that's that to me is uh, that to me is where I went. Holy shit! Who is she? I want to see her in a lot of other things. And now you'll also, see her too later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, uh, I would like to uh, also point out that uh, Oscar Isaac's dance moves in Ex Machina also should have won. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for a movie that I was, I admit, I'm not the Ex Machina lover. I think it's it's fine. I, I think it's okay. But that one scene was the one where I'm like, okay, I'm awake now. What, what, what the fuck yeah. is going on here? <laughs> Just watch the out of context spoilers, of the rest of the uh, movie. Spoilers, there, there's no dance sequence that good in The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh. Dude, if Poe Dameron laid down some sweet moves, he could totally, oh, he could God. convince the Resistance to do anything he wanted. Right. <laughs> Him and John Boyega just have like that dance sequence. <laughs> yeah, that's actually how they defeat the bad guys. They just they, they do they do a sweet dance number at the end of the movie, and Supreme Leader Snoke's head explodes. Oh my god! Oh no, my dude, god. that needs to be a, like I, the the SNL skit with um, Kylo Ren a few years back, which I loved that one. They need, <laughs> oh, to do that, with, they need a dance off, like a, a step up themed episode with Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and <laughs> all those people. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, uh. And one other final thing I want to bring up is that we don't. I feel like even though she won the Oscar for the help, but we don't give Octavia Spencer enough credit because she's one of those like she is one of the most underrated actresses I think we have today. Especially even though like she's most likely going to get nominated in Shape of Water, but I feel like she's such a she's such a delightful presence in every movie she's in. She is. Oh, yeah. You know, even uh, I remember back in Spider Man for that one scene that she is in, I'm like. Oh yeah, I knew I recognized her from something when I saw the help because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, even that one God scene, Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> no, she was not in that scene. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, she was playing the Daily Bugle and J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Although the one thing I remember the first time, I'm, the first time I remember seeing her was a fucking Halloween two. When she gets stabbed to shit oh, by right. fucking Michael Myers. Yeah, during like the twenty minute dream sequence at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Oh my even though that sequence is actually pretty good, like. Oh, it's the best part about the movie. Like the exactly. moment she wakes up and you realize it's a dream, the whole movie goes to hell. Yeah, but that that was the first time I was like, oh, she is, I'm terrified for this woman right now. <laughs> well, I did not know that she was in that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, that, that's that's great. And I, I do agree. I think that was definitely my favorite, you know, even with Benedict Bejo that I loved her a lot. Octavia Spencer deserved to win that year, I think, for the help. And that was a movie I like, I don't love, but... I think she was the standout actor in that movie. And I think I think that's pretty much the case of everybody, uh, everyone who's seen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, Viola Davis was good in that too, and Jessica Chastain was good in that too, and Emma Stone was there. You know, she was she was fine in that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely, I totally agree. Uh, on that note, I think that's about everything that we needed to discuss this week. Um, next week, like I said, the foreign language stuff is coming out, uh, and we'll decide. When we'll record next, because I know Christmas time is coming up, so I don't want to interfere with everyone's uh, holiday plans. But we'll we'll talk about it off mic. <laughs> um, Sweet. But yeah, uh, unless there is anything else to bring up, I think that is a wrap for this podcast. I want to thank you both for coming on, um, uh, Ian. Since you're here too, to promote, promote your stuff. Tell tell the people where they can oh. find you here. Oh well, uh, you can find me. Uh, I'm gonna be on Sammy and Seen Shit again this week. We're talking about the Star Wars holiday special tonight. Oh gosh! <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to watch that again last night, and that was rough, man. That was real rough. You mean you didn't love uh, the part when they put the lyrics on for the Star Wars name? Uh, well, uh, hmm. <laughs> no. we'll, talk, we'll talk about it off. We'll, we'll talk about it off mic. But, uh, yeah, that, that got, got kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna be we're gonna be doing that. Uh, I'm gonna be on uh, Toast to Toast with Will Valley again this week, talking about our least favorite movies of 2017. 
And you can also find me over uh, on just sleep for an hour. Suspect. What's up? It's gonna that show's going to be you guys just shitting on Justice League again for like an hour. <laughs> it, it kind of is. It kind of is. Um, but then uh, you can also find me on the uh, highly suspect non-spoiler review for Star Wars: The Last Jedi, where we do our damnedest to not give away anything, and we do a pretty good job at that. I, I know you guys sometimes struggle with that because I'm like, oh, I think that could be construed oh, as a spoiler, it, but it, it really is with this movie, man. Oh boy! But <laughs> I just downloaded that, so I will listen to that afterwards. But and uh, I will give a prop too, like you know that best of for the double toasted on toast to toast. That was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed listening oh, to that. So oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I yeah. Enjoyed it. Uh, Shaq, where can they find you? Um, y'all can find me on all forms of social media at Shaq Excellence. It's S-H-A-K Excellence. And I realized the other day that that sounds very familiar to the Mexilence. I'm like, I was Ian, just going to say. Just, Ian just associates with people who call themselves excellent all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, one of them earns it and one of them doesn't. So I'll just let you <laughs> interpret that however you will. Yes. I, I, I thank you. I, th- thank you for being such kind words to me. Thank you. Uh, um, you assume I'm talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course I'm talking about you. But no, yeah, no. Twitter, Instagram, uh, yeah, pretty much any kind of social media you have, just search Shaq Excellence. I'm there. Yeah. Unlike Sammy, uh, Shaq actually sees the movies that we talked about on here. Uh, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm the Sammy in this show. I feel like I see so few movies compared to you guys, so I clearly don't oh, come, know. Come anything. on. Come on. Don't, don't degrade yourself like that. <laughs> You're not on that tier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, otherwise, you can find me here, obviously, as the host for The Eye on the Prize. Uh, I am also on all forms of social media, including Twitter and Facebook, my most frequent ones. Um, and I write the notes for The Breakfast Pub. And this week I will be hosting once again because Chris is swamped with Oscar screeners, speaking of Oscar cast. Uh, so you'll get to hear me and Nick Tice hosting again. And yeah, that, otherwise you just find me anywhere floating around like double toasted on the chat and that kind of stuff. So with that, I want to thank both of you once again for uh, being such great co-host and coming back on. Uh, this, is, this has been a really fun discussion. And uh, just say, hey, good night, everybody. All right. Peace.